I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Uh, Today I'm here with Lisa Hilton. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Uh, And Lisa, we were uh, actually introduced through a a mutual mentor, um, and I'm going to let her kind of tell you a bit about her story and background, and then we have a few interesting topics to dive into. So so Lisa, go ahead and tell tell everybody sort of where you came from, and and then we'll get into where you're headed. I I know some of the story. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Yeah, totally. So my name is Lisa Hilton. I am the host of the Level Up REI podcast, as well as the founder and CEO of lisahilton.com, a real estate investment firm that specializes in helping entrepreneurs and business owners invest in tax-efficient real estate investments. Um, And my background, I'm originally from the Cayman Islands. I've been in the United States now for over over 10 years, um, went to school at the University of Georgia for a degree in accounting and spent 14 and a half years in accounting, 10 years in um, audit with PricewaterhouseCoopers and four and a half years at an investment manager here locally in the Los Angeles area called Aries Management. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a journey and uh, you know, fell in love with real estate. I was actually, I grew up in a real estate family. My father was a contractor. He built 14 apartment units, um, but I finally um, reconnected with real estate when I took this job working at this investment manager as a controller on private equity real estate funds and was like, wow, there are a lot of people making a lot of money investing in real estate. You just need to know what you're doing. Uh, So that's what brought, that brings us right up to speed as to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I think that your, uh, your finance background and and work in funds and things like that obviously gives you a lot of preparation for kind of what you're, what you're doing at this point. Um, Do you want to sort of start by talking about how things have changed for you recently and yeah we kind of kind of go from there sure 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 so you know wow like it's unbelievable to believe that i decided to leave my job to work full-time in building my business um it was definitely a lot of courage a lot of tears and a lot of um just saying, you know what, um, at this place and taking stock at just where I'm at, how old I am, you know, my savings, my investments and my goals and my dreams and realizing, you know what, it's not going to get any easier if I decide to wait another year, another two years. Uh, it's like if I'm in a position to make this uh, kind of risk now, I would rather take the risk and, you know, put in the work and see where it takes me. And if I decide that, okay, you know, a year from now, this isn't working out, I can always go and try and find another job. But I felt that by staying in the, you know, in corporate America and still having one foot outside, you know, I never really was giving myself that full 
you know, runway to really take the business to where I wanted it to go. And, you know, as I said, I probably would have continued to stay if I was in a different situation financially, as well as family wise. But once I took stock of that, I said, you know what, I might as well take the risk now and then, you know, go for it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, you're never going to be fully ready, right? Yes. You're never going to be re really ready to say, okay, here's this thing I've been doing for all this time. I'm going to essentially stop doing that, you know, sort of get rid of that safety net and then go yeah. ahead and really go, you know, full bore at, at, at your dreams. But at the same time, you're not, it's not like you're going to get more and more ready as life goes on, yeah. or it's never going to be a more of a ideal situation, whatever that ideal situation for that type of transition would be. Yeah. I think there probably is no ideal to that, but I mean, also, you haven't, you didn't do it just out of the blue, right? right? You've been no. working towards it. So maybe, maybe talk about what you put in place and the steps yeah. that you took kind of to be ready for that. I mean, both, I sure. think you have to be ready in your mind, you know, that those mindset set things, but also, you know, financially and in, in all of, you, you did a lot of things right to lead up to, to be as ready as you could be for this. Yeah, I would say that the easiest part of this preparation was the financial part. Because for me, fin being financially disciplined is a little bit on the easier side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I took this job, the, the job that I left, I took that job in 2016 after working 10 years with PwC. And I remembered when I started working there, there was a girl who was there that I knew and she was leaving. She she had gave notice the, the moment, like a, like a few weeks or so after I started. And she said to me, she was like, Lisa, it'll take you six months to figure out whether you like this job or not. Like, no, she said, it'll take you six months to figure out um, what you're doing. And then six, another six months to determine whether you like it or not. And she was right. Yeah. You know, it did take me six months to figure out what I was doing. And then in the second six months, I realized, you know what, I can do this work but I don't see myself working here forever. Yeah. So I need to start building the foundation for the next chapter. And some of those things looked like one, I was like living in like West Hollywood type areas. I moved from there into Inglewood to help decrease some of my monthly expenses because I took a look at my finances and I said, what are my biggest expenses? Food and rent. And I was like, I can control these two. Like, and that's for me, at least that's the beauty of renting, <laughs> which people don't talk about a lot because they're always like, oh, you know, you should buy, buy, buy. But um, I decided that, you know, living in LA that I would take the 200,000 that I would have instead of buying a, you know, a house here, take it to invest eventually in real estate syndications. Even though at the time when I started saving that nest egg, I wasn't introduced to real estate syndications as yet. So I went from looking to buy a duplex here in Los Angeles and quickly realizing, wow, I $1.2 million duplex yeah. requires like a 200 something thousand dollar down payment. Plus I would need to turn around and do put in even more money to fix it up, to get yeah. it to where it needed to be. And I was like, wow, like that's just so out of reach for me. So then I went to turnkey. I looked at turnkey, lots of turnkey properties outside of California, Alabama, Detroit. I did that for about a year. And then this is all during the time that I was working at Aries. And, 
you know, I just couldn't pull the trigger because I had bought a property in Cayman um, in my early 20s. And that property broke even the first year and lost money every single year after that for a total of five to six years. And I, that experience really hit home to me the importance of being able to run your numbers and really understand all the different expenses. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will have no profit. And I ended up selling, putting the, the property on the market to sell. Uh, I want to say once I got an email for a thousand dollar bill on a property that was floating and I wasn't making any money on. And I said, okay, this has got to the end. I need to sell this. So fast forward to the turnkeys. When I got to those, I was like, okay, I need to know that these things are going to generate cash flow, And I just couldn't get there. Uh, so I ended up doing some other things from a business perspective. And then I got introduced to real estate syndications and I got introduced to them in 2019, made my first investment that summer. And I was like hooked. I was like, wow, yeah. like this is different. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was just surprised because I always thought that, you know, when I was introduced to it, I was like, oh, like I always thought it was like these huge companies, like the one I worked for was like, the only way you would be able to invest in these kinds of properties. I didn't realize that it was possible to do it. You know, like everyday people were doing this and yeah. I was just like, wow. So that's how I got started and, you know, ultimately getting introduced to real estate syndications. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, a couple of really good points. One, you know, congratulations on having that difficulty sort of early on with your first real estate investment and still sticking with it and saying, look, you know, there are going to be setbacks. We're all going to have setbacks, but also knowing like, okay, maybe I didn't do it quite right. And that's why I need to, you know, kind of dig in deeper and figure out how to yeah. make this work because obviously people do make it work, right? You can look around yes. and see that, you know, you work for, you were working for a large investment firm. These people, the reason some of these companies are so, uh, successful and have such vast wealth is because they're investing in real estate. So if yeah. as a single individual with, you know, not billions of dollars behind you, how do I figure out how to make that work for me? And so you, you know, figured that right. out and went into syndications and it's, it is kind of eye-opening even just at that passive level, when you invest in a syndication and you start getting those distributions and you're like, mm -hmm. huh, I'm, so I'm getting this much money for nothing, like not, I, really nothing. Like I'm not, you know, I don't have to do any work. I, you know, you're, right. people talk about mailbox money and things like that. I mean, it's, it is truly uh, kind of a remarkable thing. And, and probably you also noticed what it does for your taxes too. It's like, yes. you get those um, K ones every year that talk about what the, what the on paper losses are. And it's like, virtually it's the losses are more than you're actually getting and so right, you're you're right. you're saving money in so many ways you're make or you're making money in so many ways even just at a passive level so i, I think yeah. uh pretty it's it is pretty eye-opening when you realize what what can actually be done and it's like for me and i think you you know you have your podcast i think the same that we have sort of similar ideas like wait a minute I need to tell people about that. Yeah. I need like <laughs> people need to know about this because this is pretty amazing what you can what you can do here. So definitely uh, it's very cool. So so you had so you you 
kind of got yourself prepared financially. Uh, you did that by saving and investing in syndications. Saving, investing in syndications. Um, also, like even thinking about like health insurance. So like I would do like the high deductible plans at my employer um, that came with an HSA. So I would fund, I would fully fund my HSA every year and my employer would contribute to that. The benefit of that is now like, yes, I live in California, you need to have insurance, but like I'm able to go on plans that have that HSA. My, my deductible is already fully funded and the HSA um, has the uh, component to invest in the market. So your money right. isn't just sitting in a, a, in a savings account. The amount that needs to go into the market it goes into the market and then you keep in cash the amount that you need for the deductible. Um, so things like that, emergency funds, um, investing in real estate syndications, and I'll dig into that a little bit deeper. Like there's so many different types of real estate syndications that are out there, meaning that you can do different asset classes, everything from mobile home parks, self-storage, multifamily, et cetera. Yeah. And you also have different strategies. So value add, opportunistic, you have the core, and each of them are giving different types of returns. So some don't generate any cash flow. Some are excellent for tax benefits, you know, and the list goes on. So one, I needed to get clear on like what my my goals were and my goals were I wanted to invest in deals that actually generated cash flow plus having the ability to have appreciation so equity increases as well when the property sold so for me I stared away from like development projects because I knew that those projects would not be kicking off cash flow for a long period of time and what's very interesting is that even at the institutional level you'll run across investors who will run who will invest in development funds or opportunistic funds and are like curious as to why the fund doesn't kick off any cash flow. Um, so then we would get on calls to explain to them, hey, like you've invested in an opportunistic fund. This, these funds are development projects. You're not going to see cash flow for the next couple of years. But when it does sell, that's the big bang. Well, you know, you'll get all of the cash then. So just really understanding your investments and understanding like what you want, because then that determines whether you spend time looking at an investment or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You sort of making your, uh, your deal criteria really narrowing yes. it down to get you exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And if that's cash flow, you are going to look at a certain set of, of deals. And if it's, you know, you don't need cash flow, but you're thinking, hey, maybe I can get better returns on the long term. Maybe you do look at development right. deal. It, it just kind of depends on what you're comfortable with. And, exactly. and sometimes it means diversifying, right? So, you, mm -hmm. you know, you if if you need cash flow right now, great. Well, as you build your wealth and you've got enough cash flow coming in, then you can start to look at some of these more opportunistic funds or something that can then start to, you know, sort of multiply your money at maybe a faster rate, but you're not just going to be just receiving distributions on a regular basis. So it's exactly it's it's totally figuring out what your strategy is. And I mean, even I mean, I think you're the way you went into this transition uh, is you're very prepared, even coming down to the point of the HSA, because it's you know, health insurance is a big cost yep. and those HSAs really help you save on your, your monthly payments. And then you have that money And it. And I think a lot of people, I didn't know this, maybe other people do, but I, the HSA is tax-free when the money goes in, 
Yeah. It's tax-free what you take out for your medical expenses and it's, you can invest it and it's tax-free when you get it at the end. Like it's, yeah. it's, triple awesome. tax-free. It's amazing. It's actually an amazing investment vehicle. It, there's a limit to how much you can put in each year, but still like you should put in whatever you can put in because it's, exactly. it's a very good, uh, good, you know, sort of long-term strategy, particularly for retirement. If you have this big, you know, chunk of money that you've invested in your HSA throughout life and it grows, and now you can use it for medical expenses, but you also can essentially then, you know, sort of reap the benefits of whatever's left. Exactly. And I think the last item on t- in terms of preparation, I would say is definitely mindset. And yeah. that comes from being around the right kind of people. Um, so I've definitely invested in myself in terms of my development and my growth and my education. Some of that investment is time. Um, people don't realize that time is, is an investment in of itself because you don't get that time back. So everything from, you know, underwriting classes to, you know, just making the, t- the effort to go out on due diligence walkthroughs when I had opportunities that came up to actually making physical investments to be in a part of mar- masterminds or even educational programs similar to the one there that I met you through. So like all of these things are like super important because it helps you, it opens the door. And sometimes in the moment, you don't even realize what like why you, like the importance of what that investment is unlocking for you until years down or even months down the road, you realize, wow, like, because I've done that, like I got exposure to this mentor or this group or these people that have then enabled me to, um, to build my career, to go on further. So definitely real estate, big on relationships, huge on teams. So very important. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, there, there's, we obviously have the same mentor, but there's, you know, there's a lot of mentorship programs out there and, and it really truly is an investment in yourself. And I think, you know, like anything else, it's going to have a lot to do with you, you need to make the best of it, but maybe what's the most important part of that is those introductions, the networking, mm-hmm. the relationships that you're going to build through those people. So you, you may, uh, you may, you know, sort of meet people that you partner with, you may meet people that you want to invest in their deals, or they want to invest in your deals, or, you know, you may just become really good friends. I mean, I think there's all kinds of different ways that it can go. And it's, it's kind of like that, the idea of just, you know, sort of being around like-minded individuals, that are trying to achieve what, what you're trying to achieve and, and, you know, just bouncing ideas off each other and everything like that. So yeah, that mindset is huge. And I, I would, you know, you you already said the sort of the financial side of it was easy, right? You just had to be disciplined, right? It's just kind of (laughs) like uh, you made decisions that probably the majority of people wouldn't make, right? They wouldn't have, they would have said, I want to live in West Hollywood and I want to go out to eat every night. And I want, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, that is probably the easy way to do it, but you know, you have, you had a bigger goal for yourself, you know, that you knew it was going to take some sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a important thing that people, you know, they see real estate investors or, you know, business, you know, big successful businessmen, entrepreneurs, and they're like, oh, look how rich they are. They're not, they don't look at the previous 10 or 20 years of sacrifice to sort of get to that point. And it's just kind of a, a, a missed 
it's a lot more glamorous, right? To say, mm -hmm. oh man, you know, look at what Elon Musk just did with Tesla. He didn't just do something with Tesla. <laughs> like the guy's been doing this stuff for a long time and he puts in yeah. the work and everything. And it's like, you're an, a good example too. Like you're, you're making sacrifices so that you can achieve, you know, kind of a higher level, I think. And it, it's, uh, well, it's, it's right in the name of your, of your podcast level, yeah, level up. to keep leveling up for yep. sure. And when you are taking that leveling up, you know, you're going to experience the turbulence. It's like the plane coming, you know, taking off, like you're going to feel the pull of the gravity pulling you back down and, you know, yep. all of that. Uh, but yeah, you just keep going and have a lot of faith. <laughs> Take yeah. a lot of action yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, have to, you have to keep going. You have to, to do something, be intentional, do something yeah. every day, you know, just keep, keep pushing and, and, and believe that it's going to happen and it's going to take time. It's just going to take time and that's yeah. fine. It's, I, and I, I'm, I am not a patient person. You can ask anybody who knows me well, I, I, I want, I'm, I'm a doer and I want to make things happen. It's not, it doesn't work that way in real estate. Like it doesn't work that way, especially in, in syndication because it's, it takes, it takes a team of people, you yeah. know, everybody has to kind of work together. It's not a fast process. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not, well, I was going to say, it's not like single family where you can just buy a house anytime you want, but that's not even true in single family right now that with the way the market is, but it's, <laughs> it's, it is there's a lot that goes into it. And so it's like, you have to realize that it's going to take a period of time right. really before you see any results. And I think yep. that's a hard thing for myself and a lot of people to kind of mm -hmm. hang on and push through that. So uh, again, uh, you know, kudos to you for taking that leap and, and really, you know, kind of pursuing what, what you're trying to achieve. So I, I think, I think it's fantastic. Um, and you, so you worked in, in your, your corporate life, you worked with, with funds, right? Yes. And there's a lot of that now. I feel like we're hearing a lot in the real estate yeah. space and indication about funds. It's just kind of like everybody wants to, to set up a fund now. Do you mind just sort of talking about maybe your experiences with that and how you yeah. think that'll apply to you going forward in, in your real estate career? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think that funds are a great idea. Um, I love the aspect of funds, but let me start first with um, single asset funds. So single asset funds are easy to understand because you're creating one LLC to invest in one asset. Um, and then investors are coming in either, you know, either you create another LLC, but at the end of the day, it's the fund only holds one asset. And when that asset sells, you know, you liquidate the fund, people get back their distributions and they go on their way. Um, and that is the typical model for real estate syndications for a while, even though people have been in the fund space in syndication for a while too. So when I talk about funds, I talk about these are an LLC that is set up with the intention to invest in multiple different types of assets. And they, in my opinion, they can be extremely, there's a lot of great benefits and there's also some 
cons that people need to, not necessarily cons, but probably cons, yeah, that people need to think about before investing in a fund. Um, I think on the pro side, like the fund helps you to diversify because if you have 50K or you have 100,000 or 200,000, you would then need to, and you you plan to invest 50K in each deal because most deals, the minimum is 50,000. So that 100K, that 200K is gonna get you four deals because at 50K each, that's what you're gonna get. Whereas if you invest in a fund, that fund could hold, you know, unlimited amount of assets. And that right there diversifies your money because now your money is spread out across a variety of different types of assets um, as opposed to just in one. So the risks, you're decreasing your risk by investing some in, into some of these funds. Um, on the other side of the coin, you have the situation that the fund, you have blind funds where you then need to be, you need to have a lot of trust in the operator because you are putting all control to them to determine what assets to buy. And you're not actually going to look at any of the assets at all. And that's typically what I have been um, sort of privy to and used to is sort of working with funds at the professional level, working with funds where the investment manager is in complete control over everything that is the fund purchases and investors are not necessarily having a say in terms of what is purchased and what's not. That said is I've also worked on funds where investors have been given the option to invest or not invest in investments as well, even at okay. the institutional level. Within so, the fund. Mm -hmm, within okay. the fund. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool because, you know, they'll, the fund will be created. It will go out there. They'll identify an asset. It will then come back and tell investors, hey, we have this asset. This is your portion. If you want to buy into it, this is how much you would need to invest. The um, investor then can look and determine whether they want to invest yes or no. They can opt out. Um, or they can opt in. And after they determine everyone that wants to opt out and everyone who wants to opt in, they'll then open it up and say, okay, anyone who wants to double dip. So you, we have a hundred or 200 or whatever amount of millions left to still fund. Do you want to um, invest even more because you really like this deal? Okay. And we have situations like that as well. So to me, I think that's like in terms of the creativity with funds is unlimited amount of creativity. It just really comes down to, you know, dealing with the lawyers, SEC attorneys, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. to set them up correctly. Um, yeah. And then the cons is that, you know, the funds could run on for many years. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, I worked on like 20 year old funds. Um, that lasted a long time because like, you know, maybe the asset just took a really long time to sell and, you know, the investment manager wanted to get more for the asset than what the market was willing to pay. So they waited and waited and waited and then got to a place where they had to continue to wait because it would really not be beneficial to sell, you know, at that place. So it's like things like that, you know, um, I would say though, if people are looking at investing in a fund, they just wanna make sure that they understand, especially if it's a blind one, that they understand what the investment strategy is. Mm -hmm. So 
Like, what is the investment strategy in terms of, is it multifamily or is it like certain types of asset classes, maybe self-storage, mobile home parks? Um, like what kind of typical business plan are they trying to go into? Is it opportunistic? So they're doing ground up development versus value add versus core, just knowing and understanding that and then track record. So I think the track record is the first thing I should have talked about is just getting a track, getting more knowledge about the operator, their track record, how they've done on different deals. Um, if the strategy and asset class is something that they've played in before. And if so, then, you know, you feel confident that they can deliver on this, on, on the fund that they're doing, because now it's, it's the same asset class, same strategy, just more assets. So yeah, that's right. what I would yeah. say. I, and I think the you know, the, the probably the sort of take home message in all of that is make sure you know what you're getting involved in, yeah. right, in a fund. So you, you talked about, you, you need to know what the strategy of that fund is. You should know who's running the fund, who the sponsor yeah. is, because, you know, those are the, the strategy and the sponsor are probably the most important factors, especially if you're not selecting individual deals, right? So if you're just saying, I'm going to trust whoever, uh, you better really have a good reason to trust them and, and kind of yeah. make sure you know, you know, okay, what is the EdSig strategy? Like, is this a, a fund that sort of goes on forever? I believe they call it an evergreen fund where it's just kind of sort of recycling of everything of the money and you're going to continue to get distributions throughout, uh, right. or is it a fund that ends in five years or 10 years, whatever the, you know, whatever that, that might be, you just need to know that you're, what you're actually getting into yes. Would you, would you agree that probably the, the fund model is what a lot of, you know, sort of Wall Street type investor, people that invest in stocks and things would think of as a hedge fund? Is it kind of the same, giving something for an analogy for people to think of, you think it's like, basically, you're putting your money with someone and yeah. trusting them to sort of make exactly. your money grow. Just like mutual funds, just like hedge funds, just like index funds, you yeah. know, when they pick, when people go on to Vanguard and pick an index fund, they are putting money in the index fund and they leave it in the, the Vanguard investment manager, whoever's managing that fund to invest it, to achieve the returns set out in the prospectus for that fund. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I, I think it's, you know, maybe for people who aren't familiar with exactly how the real estate fund structure works. I feel like it's most people have heard of a hedge fund or, you know, yeah. mutual fund. It's, it's similar ideas. You're just essentially tr finding someone you trust to, to manage your money for you. It, it's just in these real estate funds that we're talking about. It's, it's on real estate exclusively. Although uh, I think there are some mixed funds where there's like real estate and stocks and, like, and it's, it's a very specialized type of um, fund manager, but I, I feel like I've heard of that before and I'm, I might be wrong, but anyway, it's, uh, it's something that is very interesting. Cause I feel like, although the fund model is not new, it seems to be becoming more and more popular yes. in the syndication space. I feel like it's probably just because deals are very hard to come by. And so having that, you know, it's very competitive. And so having that, yeah. the backing of sort of already having that money there is, uh, makes it looks like, like you're, you're a lot more likely to close. So you may be awarded that deal. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. 
um, because then you can close faster. You don't, yeah. you know, because you already have the cash, you can easily deploy it. Right. Um, yeah. You don't have to, you, you, the lenders are going to be probably uh, more lenient with you and, and, you know, sort of get things going sure. quicker because you've got essentially that, that money sitting there waiting. Plus you're building relationships with investors year round, especially in those evergreen funds yeah. um, that are out there because then they can accept investors all the time um, yeah. compared to a fund that is just being raised and then it's closed, which is typically what I've been, that's what I've used to work on is like these closed ended funds. So you, the investment manager has a period of time when they can raise and then once they're done raising, they can't take any more money. Yeah. And then they have a period of time when they can need to invest that money. And then once that period ends, they can't invest any more money. Yeah. So they would then yeah. need to create a new fund. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most of the funds that we see are, you know, it's, it's a set amount of money yes. that's going to be raised. And then that money is going to be deployed into a handful of deals, you know, however many it is that it, exactly. it takes that, that, that the sponsor decides is the right way to distribute that money. So yeah, that's, that's typically how it, how it works, but I think maybe the evergreen funds are a little, little less common or a little less popular. I don't know, but it, yeah, it, you know. I don't see too many evergreen funds in real estate, but I could be, I, you know, the more I learn, I, you know, it's probably around and I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like the, the, the profession is always shifting. So it's going it to, you know, it, it may be, <laughs> it may be at some point evergreen funds are the norm. I, you know, who knows right. what's, what's going to happen, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting, you know, sort of piece of piece of the puzzle to watch and, and be a part of. Um, well, Lisa, let me, let me kind of get to some of the questions that I like to ask each guest sure. at, at, uh, in, at the end of the podcast. I want to keep you all day. It's been actually really cool to kind of break down the whole fund model, but the, the name of the podcast is Know Your Why. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know kind of what's your why? What's what's driving you? What's uh, you, you just left the W2 corporate world and yeah. <laughs> going full time in real estate. So what what motivates that? Yeah, you know, I would say my why is is freedom. And, you know, like more than anything now, like that really sort of drives me to to wake up every morning and to to make this business come alive and to build the relationships I need to build with both my investors as well as the operators on the variety of deals um, to continue to live to design be in control of designing my life um, a life by design and for me I think that's like super important um, and it's it's definitely what drives me because for the past 14 and a half years, I know what it's like to not have that freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it came with really nice paychecks, right? Um, <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. It's very so, yeah. enticing to give up your freedom. It's, oh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's, it can be, uh, you know, that comfort level and, and you know, sort of a, if you're making good money, it, it is hard to kind of walk yeah, away it is. and decide you're going to just that the freedom, freedom has a price, I guess, is, is yeah. a, a good way to put it. And you, you know, sometimes I'll even say that when I look back, it almost feels like easier to just sign up for the paycheck because oh, like, yeah. you know, um, as opposed to coming out and like sort of making things happen and yeah. being uncomfortable and taking the risks and being, yeah, taking the risks, finding the courage to get out there and you know, make things happen. So, yeah. yeah. 
for sure. I, I do think uh, it, it realistically is easier to just, you know, sort of go with the W-2 job. I mean, that's what the majority of people do. That's, yeah. and it's, it's very hard to make that transition. So, so congratulations. I mean, that, that's Thank very you. impressive. <laughs> um, tell us something about yourself that people don't know. Uh, yeah. hobby, a guilty pleasure, you know, whatever, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, I would say what people don't know is, I guess I'm a little bit of an adventure junkie. So um, I'm not too crazy. Like I'm not like love roller coasters or anything of that nature, but I do like uh, zip lining, parasailing. So for cool. me, that's like adventure activities. Um, and yeah, I love that. Yeah. A little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. That stuff's, I, I, I agree. I think that stuff's a blast. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get uh, all your information in the show notes, but, but yes. how would you like people to sort of try and reach out to you? Um, I'm sure people would love to yeah. connect. Totally. So I have created a freebie for your listeners. Um, it is a little ebook on a beginner's guide to investing in um, real estate syndications. And you can find that at lisahilton.com forward slash Y. Um, and that's W-H-Y. And then Hilton is spelled with a Y. So it's just like the Hilton Hotel, only thing with a Y instead of an I. Okay. Um, so that's how they can find me. Everything is on my website. So all my blogs, um, as well as my podcast. Awesome. awesome. And, uh, and thank you for that. We'll, we'll definitely have all of that in the show notes, but yeah, and they should for sure check out your podcast as well. Um, final question. What can I, or I guess anyone who listens to this, what can we do to help you level up? What can we do to help you get, you know, sort of to that next that next level of achievement that you're seeking uh, after leaving your job? Is there anything that, that, that we can do for you? Oh, wow. What a question. <laughs> um, you know, I would say sometimes the little things like you just send a note to someone to say, hey, I'm thinking of you or I like your podcast or I like your blog or yeah. how are you doing? Um, I think sometimes just sending that little bit of um, check in, you never know like where that person might be mentally. And by hearing that, you know, um, it just gives them that shot of adrenaline that keeps them going. It's like a marathon runner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're in the midst of a marathon. You get, a, you know, run through a pocket of crowd and people are cheering sure. for you and stuff. It definitely gives you a boost. So, no, yeah. I, I think I think that's great. That that should be an easy thing to do. People can can reach out and say hi and check in. That That's great. I, I think uh, it's the 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 freedom, you know, sort of achieving that freedom that you spoke of that your, right. you know, your why is it's sometimes a little bit lonely, right? Yeah. It's a little bit hard to be kind of in charge of yourself always. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, yeah, being, being there for each other, people that are trying to do the same thing and just people that, you know, are in your circle, uh, we can, we can use that as a, as something that could apply to virtually everyone, you know, sort of yeah. be, just check in with, with people that, that you care about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was great. Thank you for, for all the knowledge. I think, uh, actually very, uh, a very great discussion on, on the fund model and, and sort of what, mm -hmm. you know, what goes into that. And I think that will help, uh, investors, both active and passive alike. So, so thank you again for your time.
You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely.